Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss are we doing welcome back thanks for tuning in once again and we've got another offer on the table yeah because once again we've partnered up with beer 52 to offer older listeners a free case of beer 52 ales all you're going to do is go to beer52.com slash under that's u-n-d-r just like the title you can claim your free case of beer i mean as you well know because we spoke about it before, but Beer 52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club searching out incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest breweries and bringing them back, especially for the members. Well, Beer 52 has some of the best craft brewers from the UK and across Europe and they've all come together to bring some incredible flavours as part of the Citizens of Everywhere case. Yeah. And if you like dark beers, you can get the dark case and mixed case. If you like lighter beers, you can get the lighter case. It's easy. You can have whatever you want. Variety. There's even, I saw this one, a ripe fruity number they've got at the minute. Mango Milkshake IPA from Tiny Rebel in Wales. If that's what you're into. Feeling a bit fruity. And it's a no-brainer, really. You get your first case absolutely free. All you're going to do is pay the postage, £5.95, and that's eight incredible craft beers, your ferment magazine, and a snack. Feeling a bit peckish? Delivered straight to your door next day. No brainer. There's no minimum commitment. You can just get your free case and if you don't like it, cancel it, pause it, come back, cancel any time. All you're going to do, www.beer52.com slash kosh. How are we doing? Thanks for tuning in once again. Now we're building a brand new Under the Kosh podcast website and we're building it with Wix. And for that very reason, Wix are giving Under the Kosh listeners the opportunity to build their very own personal or business website with 10% off. Honestly, it's so easy to use. It's so easy to build your own website. It's a piece of cake well there's over 150 million people who are using wix to build their own websites and you can choose from over 500 stunning templates or you can start from scratch changing and customizing anything you want as you build it from scratch there's loads of really cool features like custom domains email marketing tools unlimited storage we even got parky putting some things together it's that easy honestly just drag and drop pick your designs Easy peasy. It's all you got to do to get your 10% off is go to www.wix.com that's W-I-X dot com slash podcast. Just like that, get 10% off. Easy.
doing under the cost back once again? How's it going? Good. Are we all right? John? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. It's been happening. Got away with one, didn't we? Yeah. Last week. Dodged another bullet. Did we get away with one? Took a gamble? I think it went all right. I enjoyed it. Oh, really enjoyed the day. Really good day. Really good day. But we obviously we're taking a gamble on. I was apprehensive about the sound. I must admit, especially from some of the the criticism we've had in the past. Yeah, well, I, I think, think it worked. I think we can all agree that's that's improved. Hopefully, um, but as the night went on, I think you could tell it it got a little yeah. bit rowdier. Yeah. Some of the some people maybe were, were slurring. I think there were, one, bit, there were one, one seventy finish behind us. I think. What, <laughs> is that what it was? I think that's what it were. Yeah. And you got overexcited, so you started tell slurring what, your words. Tell you what, I was fucking mortified about the fact that there were a competition between ourselves to win one of them beer, you know, the beer uh, the taps tap type. Well, I don't know. It's like you get a keg, don't you, with a with a. Pump so basically, it's a beer machine, mm. and I was quite confident going into it, thinking I've half a chance of winning this. And the fucking play we were recording. Yeah, it, I think they did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, the talent. Fucking yeah. David May got fucking three hundred million pound in bonuses, and he fucking <laughs> won it. Money goes to money, and he yeah. fucking won it. I, had to, I let myself down on that one as well. Why? Had the chance to speak to a treble winner, and all I get up to do is try and throw people under the bus. <laughs> yeah. I, I must admit, the word knob was mentioned at least four, was maybe he five dick? times. Dick was out, came out again. Yeah, that won't happen again. Sausage and we fest. said to David May, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> we agree with you, David. <laughs> Viv was good. Yeah, enjoy Viv. Hopefully we can get him on again. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Because I think he's got a lot more to give, hasn't he? Charismatic. Yes, I'd say so. Energetic. Back round bread and butter today, though, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Ben Fawley, oh, oh, we've got to mention again, you, you turned up late again, off the watch. Right, do you know when you say I turned up late? <clears throat> He's like not doing a great deal at the minute. Unemployed. Yeah, is the word. You fart about on a computer here and there. <laughs> right? I've still got to go to work, me. <laughs> this is my second job. Second job. So, obviously, the fact that Ben could only come here uh, today, training day, I've had to drive from York, so moved ever on earth again. Moved ever on earth to get here. For it. Uh, so yeah, I'm late. Obviously, it might sound a bit strange that on an intro, but I'm late. But I'll I'll be with you soon. <laughs> Keep the faith. I'll be with you. And finally, how you doing, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, good to be here. I need to warn you. As soon as he gets here, he's gonna go straight in with threesomes with Beckham and he's going to ask inappropriate questions okay so I'll just word you up alright <laughs> books been out five six months now tackled yeah it's been out uh, came out in uh, middle of October um, as far as I'm aware I don't know exactly the you know the final detail of how well it's done but um, yeah it was a it was a good exercise for me it wasn't something that was on my radar and I, I actually really enjoyed doing it especially the way that we, we put it together it was um Found it therapeutic. I did, yeah, I did because obviously, they, you know, did anybody that's read it, there's, you know, there's, there was obviously quite a few demons knocking about inside me from, uh, you know, from from the, you know, the the result of the tackle and and obviously where the the direction that my life took after that sort of thing. So, 
Um, so yeah, it was nice to, to relive it. I mean, obviously there were a few things that I'd rather not have relived, but you can't really have one without the other. I needed yeah, to see yeah. the tackle again, for example, and uh, and yeah, it was um, it was a, a really good exercise, and I'm you know so grateful to to everybody that that contributed because it, I don't think it would have had the same impact with the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson and some of the players that I made my debut with, like Brian Robson, and then obviously the players that have been well publicised, especially recently um, in the last few years with you know Gary Neville, David Beckham, Scolzi. Uh, so uh, to have their input to you know giving people an idea of you know what sort of player I was and what sort of player I, I perhaps could have been yeah. might have um, might have given well would definitely have given the story some weight. Just to put it into context for people who might not have read the book, might not know the story. I mean, I've got some of the quotes here from. Nobby Styles, the closest thing to George Best he'd ever seen. Yeah, I'm not. So it's not a bad one, is it? <laughs> I'm not so sure. Not a bad place to start, <laughs> is it? I'm not quite so sure about that, but um, it, it was a, it was a true story. Um, a friend of mine who uh, whose father was was good friends with with some of the some of the players that um, that used to play for United years ago. Um, they used to meet up on a Sunday afternoon, and and uh, and Nobby Styles was uh, was one of those and and one of the one of the guys who whose pub they used to meet up in 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 sale um said to nobby at the time you know who who would who would sort of look out for um and he'd just taken us on a on a trip to to play in the milk cup in in northern ireland it was the everybody remembers the class of 92 for for being the first team to to win the win the youth cup for a you know a long long time since since the busby Bay, since george best era um, and people who don't know the story right the way through will know that that was actually the first thing that we won as a group. Yeah. Uh, we we started off in pre-season. At the end of pre-season, we played in this tournament, um, and I, I'd scored a goal um, where I'd sort of run from the halfway line and beat like five or six players. And I know that this was very, very soon after that tournament, so maybe that might have been fresh in his mind yeah. that, that, the deal. that it was something that you used to see George Best do on a, you know, on a regular occasion. Yeah. So whether, you know, he, like I said, that was just fresh in his mind and he thought that that was something that he could compare me to. Um, but I mean, that would have been a, a hell of a hype to have had to live up to. I mean, George Best, I've never saw him obviously play live, but I've seen plenty of uh, VTs where I, I used to think, well, you know, if somebody once even remotely sort of put me in the same sentence as George Best, then that has to be something that, uh, that I, I should be very, very proud, proud of. of. Yeah, without 100%. any question. And especially coming from, from somebody who, who'd won the European Cup with Man United and, and who'd won a World Cup as well. So, you know, that in itself is uh, is something that would carry a lot of impact with people that yeah. it came from somebody as as high high up on the, in the chain yeah. as, as Nobby Styles. Go and play that down, mate. I've uh, been <laughs> ripping the arse out of it. <laughs> the, ta- the tagline of the book, a class of 92 star who didn't make it. Yeah. You know, there's there's a prefer of stories of the wonder kid that hasn't made it at every club, I imagine. that I'm sure you, you've heard of players at Sunderland and other clubs, but I think what makes your story so unique and I think what resonates with the fans is those names that you were playing with you're at Manchester United you're held in such high regard some of the other quotes here Gary Neville one of the most outstanding talents I've ever played with David Beckham he would have outdone us all Skulls he was a step above us all you know and it's 
those circumstances, I suppose, that makes that story stand out. Yes, yeah, I, and I think that um, it would it would never have been even in my mind if uh, if it hadn't have been for some of those people that I had played with to have even thought about doing a book, um, and I had to be coerced into it anyway. I mean, it wasn't something that I jumped at the chance to do. I was still, you know, very very wary about the fact that, well, you know. Who, who basically would really be interested in that. But from the angle that we did it at with the names that you've just mentioned and, and putting together a, a list of about 45, 50 people that had to have seen me before my injury and after. Um, and that sort of came together with a lot of people who played with me on a regular basis in the youth team, who played with me in the 92 team, who played with me when I when I made my debut, and then who saw me after. So yeah, it, it, that was the that that it was really the the catalyst for me getting it started, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know getting in touch with people like Bex to say you know can we have like you know an hour of your time? It's not always easy because he's here, there, and everywhere, and he's a busy guy. But I think that because it was me. He um, he did it, and I and I feel very humble that they would that they would do that, and I'm hoping that that's something to do with the fact that not only did they remember me as a as a as a very good player, but they also you know think that I'm a decent. Oh, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and and obviously when you finish playing football and you do things like this, then then that's going to carry a, you know a hell of a lot more weight mm. than than just what they thought of yeah. you as a player. Just heard a creak. Again. Welcome. Turned up. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. How are you doing? Have you got a glass of red wine? I have. I certainly have. Hi, John. Oh, right. I'm all right, mate. Nice to meet you. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. good. Just tell. Just on about starting out and stuff. So you... wise or <laughs> not yet? No. <laughs> I'm you had like three sentences. <laughs> I was one. <laughs> We're not going to shagging yet. <laughs> go, go for a pint downstairs, Johnny. Like football shit, <laughs> Jesus. Ah, oh, dear. Where are we up to? What have I missed? We're just, only We're just getting into the gloop, I suppose, because just growing up in that class of 92, I think initially, all them players, Old Trafford, Alex Ferguson, being in that environment. You can, you can ask a question, you know. <laughs> you, can, you can get towards a question. You know what I mean? He knows, he knows where he were. He knows who was fucking here. But Eric Harrison. Yeah, I was just thinking about a typical Yorkshireman who says it as it is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah, and you know, obviously very sad that, uh, you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago that we, we all attended his funeral up in Halifax. And um, he was without question the, the the glue that kept us all together I mean yeah. along with the the manager as well uh, they were cut very much from the same mold um proper old school you know and and I think that when well, I was just talking there about what you know people will always remember the, the the likes of those lads as as players but the people that actually do know them will realize that they're great lads as well and that is all down to the grounding that we were given when we when we first arrived hard work you know we were still in the time as you would have been john when 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 you were you were getting there and you weren't getting in and getting buses home at 11 12 o'clock at night after after first team games when you're in the boot room cleaning the boots and stuff like that things that the modern day you know young lad if you like of the academy doesn't have to no, do anymore um, but th that was, you know, that was what brought us down to earth was the fact that we had to go cleaning cars and we had to, you know, sweep the stands and, and uh, you know, everything that that a, a normal working person would, would have to get used to doing to be able to climb up the ladder, if you like. And that's where we had to start. Um, and that's where we got our, you know, our dedication to hard work, commitment, 
uh, respect as well. Uh, and I think that th those lads that, that were in my team that went on to, to great things and, and obviously are still doing great things now in whatever capacity they're working at, um, that is all down to, to what we were given mm. under Sir Alex and We've talked a few times Harrison. About, talked a few times about that old guard and character building from from the lads that you look up to. Who's who, who are you looking up to in that team and who's, whose boots are you cleaning? Who do you get some stick on? Do you know what? I can't remember whose boots I was actually cleaning because it used to change from season to season. Well, for, well, it was only a couple of seasons we had to do it, but we had five or six people that we were, we were we, whose boots we you know, each had to clean. But um, but Brian Robson for me was always the you know the the one person that that I always looked up to because he was the reason why I started kicking a ball in the first place when I saw him um, score that goal for England in 1982 after 27 seconds and I just thought you know that that's what I want to do that he's the he's the person that I want to be and and he was the inspiration for me to to start you know kicking a ball against the wall going out with my dad etc and then to see him you know somewhat nine ten years later. Um, and actually being in the same club, being in the same building and walking down the stairs and he's got a, a shed load of New Balance boots. Um, and as I, as I was walking up past him, he said, what size are you? So I told, I told him what size, we were the same size and he gave me a pair of boots to try out. And when I went to give him back at the end of pre-season, obviously, you know, so I got the blisters and not him. <laughs> he, um, he said, what were they like? And I said, yeah, they were great. And um, and he said, well, you can keep them. And that for me was was just, you know, one of the one of the highlights of my footballing career, believe it or not, because to have somebody like that who I'd followed for so, so long and then for him to actually give me a pair of boots um, was very special. I've still got them. I was just going to say, I've still got them. Yeah, I've still pride got them. Pride of place? Absolutely pride of place, yeah. Did yeah, he have, so he, had, he had a lot of time for all the young lads. In the, most, up. most of them did. Most of them did. Um, the, there was, you know, very. I think the ones that we felt didn't, uh, and there weren't, and there wasn't many of them. I think it was just their way, as well, of building our character. You know, so rather than give us a softly, softly approach, it's basically like you come into the first team, you need to be good enough. You know, we're not carrying any passengers whether you're 16 21 or 25 this is you know this is what we are we're man united and you have to be good enough to come and train with us and ultimately play with us uh, and there were a, you know there were a few that that gave us a bit of a hard time but it whether it was to throw us off the scent or whether it was to you know to to build our character it, it whichever way around they did it it worked yeah I Do think you know we've spoke about it, haven't we we are uh, at times I always, I would say, borders on bullying at times. It could be. I mean, we got that with all the, uh, the hazing, didn't we? Mm. With all, you know, the, the, the hazing. It's called where they, you know, where they, they give you like a bit of an initiation. So oh, all yeah, right, yeah. About and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, so we, you know, we we were basically the last group that was subject to that um, because they didn't want it to derail us and there was one incident where one of the lads who were uh, who was on the receiving end of it uh, he didn't come into training the next day uh, and his father was uh, w happened to be you know sort of quite close to to Brian Kidd uh, and in the evening he phoned Brian Kidd and he said listen this is what's going on and he said he's not coming in tomorrow uh, because I want this stopping it's not right um, and the very next morning, Eric Harrison came downstairs and he said, I want all the second year apprentices in my office now. And um, and after that, they came back downstairs and there, were, there wasn't another peep. 
What what happened to his Edge of our seats. <laughs> right. Well, the, I, I can't remember the incident as to what happened. I think he was. Um, it was one where they um, where they they wrapped the ball in a towel and they all you know started whacking <laughs> him with it. So, um, so basically, they assaulted him. They assa- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit too much. Top and bottom of it. Yeah. I, I, I never Scrum. got. I never got fucking ball and towel. Yeah. I never got I'm that the daddy ball and towel. <laughs> that, that wasn't from the first year. That was from the second years. Sorry, that was the second year apprentices. That wasn't the third. They weren't involved in it at yeah, all. Yeah. Obviously, uh, this is just like you know the 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 when you first go full time. Us. Yeah. What about? Um, you know that at Christmas, did you used to have to do stuff in we front had, of the first day? We had to do a Christmas play. <laughs> we had to do a Christmas play. I, I remember what part did you get? I, I, do you know what? I, I got Prince Charming. <laughs> for Cind- was it Cinderella? And uh, and who was Cinderella? Fucking Robbie Savage. <laughs> <laughs> it was always going to be one. Uh, did he have the locks? I bet he, he fucking the, chose he it. The hair, yeah, he had the hair. And he'll and he'll tell you that un- unlike unlike him. <laughs> I've gone downhill and he's improved like a five <laughs> I'll leave you to uh, I'll leave you to discuss we used that to, I, used to, I used to love we used to boot room brawls in any trouble we know, we know all, get, all get in the boot room lights off and just fucking have it out proper like, scrap like yeah, no, not prop, not punching but we, everyone's in there wrestling trying to fucking put people on the backs and <laughs> lads are coming out with like Dots on the back, you know, and the boots have all come off. We've been pushed into the, the pegs with the boots on, polish all everybody and everything. We're in there for a good 20 minutes. You came out, you were fucked. Sweating cobs, covered in polish. And you, it was like you'd been paintballing. On your back where you'd been, uh, yeah, it was fucking brilliant. That was another one, boot polish on your, on your privates. That was a killer. Because you were scrubbing, what, like, down bu- and... scrubbing like bugger it to get it off. <laughs> in the drawer. We had something we used to put boot polish on the receiver on the, on the telephone so like Peter Reid obviously going he's got a thick phone and walking around the training ground with a black ear <laughs> do you know you got him <laughs> Bobby Saxton and that you've got to just check it out rough with this I, one, right? I mean we used to have to if we used to have to sing and the worst uh, the worst group we'd got a kit off they've got to run around the pitch yeah the we've had that as well yeah running around the cliff when you get yeah. to the end they've all got the uh, fucking ice buckets just drench you Obviously, this is middle of December. <laughs> Start like you fucking freeze. It's but as I say, bullying, but character building. Wa- character building. I remember <laughs> one lad who was he was the foreman two years above me. A lad called Jimmy Shields. He's a copper now, and uh, and he he had that in the snow, and he had to run round the cliff. I think it was three times with. It, absolutely nothing on but a pair of wellies <laughs> <laughs> with everybody and have, you, have you ever been to the cliff no right so the, the the whole building is just completely glass that overlooks the training pitch and of course you, the whole windows from one end to the other are just kitchen staff the lot all kitchen staff everybody <laughs> just watching him run around with his wellies on as fast as he could and he wasn't the quickest either <laughs> neither were I <laughs> <laughs> Who did you knock about with the most out of? Um, I, I would say that the, the, the lads that I was closest to, um, there was Bex, Gary, uh, Chris Casper, uh, and a lad called Mark Rawlinson, who ended up going playing down in Bournemouth. Um, and then I think he went across to Exeter, but he's also a copper now, believe it or not. Uh-huh. So, uh, and obviously Casper's involved with uh, with uh, Salford City. Um, and, I mean, everybody knows what what Gary and Bex are doing, but they were the lads that I uh, I, w- w- I spent pretty much most of my time with, yeah. Out, out on the pole with Bex and Neville? 
Um, well, Bex always had a girlfriend. Right. I yeah. can imagine Bex found it a lot easier than Gary did. Well, Gaz was with my sister. Right. Yeah, he was with my sister for about seven years. Oh, so he couldn't go on the pool. So, then. well, it was a bit tough. He's turning a blind eye to yeah. some things. And that, <laughs> that's probably a little bit too much, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, but no, Bex up from as long as I can remember, he always he always had a girlfriend. So, and you know, pretty much as ever since, to be honest with you. Um, Has he changed? No, not in the slightest. No, I mean he's he is a lot more wary now of being in public, but that's because he's he be, you know he's he has one to of be the, one of the really. most you know photograph sportsmen still in the yeah. in the entire world. So. Yeah. There is, he is always extremely cautious about that. But when, when you actually, I mean, I saw him at Eric's funeral, but didn't really get a chance to chat with him that much because I couldn't stay. And, um, and the only time I saw him was in the church. But I saw him last year at his dad's 70th that he held at uh, Old Town Football. And he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. No do, problems at all. Do you ever think he thinks to himself, I wish I'd just had another four or five years single. You yeah. know what I mean? Just really made it, made it pay where we were, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Before we met Victoria. <laughs> just like another four or five years doing what I wanted. I hope you battered him for wearing that so wrong. Oh, that was just after the World Cup in France, wasn't yeah. it? And uh, I, I actually went to that game that he scored the free kick in at Columbia. A few of us went over to watch the game. And then uh, I was on holiday and I saw him in the sarong. And, but that was the year I left. So I probably couldn't give him as much yeah. as much grief as I, as I would have liked. Saying that though, I read a I read a quote from Giggs saying that he looks back on them photographs of his younger days, thinking, "What was I? What was I doing then? What was I wearing?" But then he, he has a look at me. He has a look at you, and basically, <laughs> at least it weren't that bad. Yeah, I think my uh, my wardrobe was always uh, a good uh, a good starting point to have a good laugh for for most of those lads. There's no <laughs> question. I never wore a skirt, though. No, that's one step too far. No, I never wore a skirt. <laughs> I I, Sir Alex must have been pulling his hair out when he's seen it, wasn't he? Must have been thinking, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> what is he wearing? One of my players is dressing a sarong. I can't imagine many of them. I can't imagine any of the managers have ever been in that position. No. <laughs> Mine fucking certainly aren't. Suspenders and high heels and that, but never a sarong. <laughs> talked about a bit five aside last week and we're going to talk about it again yes why not if only we had a league or something someone like there yeah i mean if you were going to join a league i'd say leisure leagues is a place to go yeah over three hundred thousand players participating in small side games every week i'd like to think out of them three hundred thousand, i'd be in the top five percent <laughs> yeah, of players <laughs> maybe I'm not optimistic about five percent no. of the game out the d you think you i think, think you'd be last pick you know if yeah, the stand and pick team, I think you'd be last picks. Keeper? Yeah, they're them little goals, aren't they? So yeah. Do you want me to just lie horizontal? <laughs> if I lie horizontal, I'm unbeatable. <laughs> it's impossible to score. <laughs> it's basically you built a brick wall in front of your net. <laughs> so well, they've got in excess of 500 leagues operating throughout the UK alone. It's a great way to keep fit. Uh, which I'm going to need to do. Not if you just lay there in the goal, though. So <laughs> we've got to think about that. The thing well, is, right. if, if you join... Is it just for fun or is there, is there a oh, prize? Oh, no, there's a competitive the... edge. It's a league, so you're winning the league. But not only that, everybody who participates goes in a draw. You can win a trip to the Bundesliga to watch a major game. And we've done that as well. We have. It's a good trip. Leagues operate on uh, 3G, 4G, and what's the difference? 5G. Oh, is it 5G? Uh, 5G, what's that? It's better network. 
Yeah, 4G is a better network than 3G. Now, it's, I think it's just the standard of the pitch, I think. I think. So can anybody join? Anybody can join. I'll tell you what, not only anybody, I'll tell you who they've had playing with them. Go Usain on. Bolt, David James, get this, Ronaldinho. thing is, I, can, I can't imagine Usain being very good. Do you not I think? think? See, the thing is, Usain, Usain's main attribute is speed. Yeah. Confined the pitch, space. The confined pitch is not long enough for areas. Usain. Yeah. So my... Gangly as well, eh? My, mm. my vision and technical ability would massively outweigh Usain's speed. He's a bit like a daddy long legs, isn't he? He's all arms and legs. Yeah. You're more of a, a, a mid-summer, fully developed blue bottle. <laughs> and I go as far, because his first 40 metres of the race are crap. So by the time he's on his way getting to top speed, he's hit the wall. He's running. Blue bottle's dead. He's running. He's swatted. He's running to the goalkeeper. He's running to the wall that he's parking in next. Isn't uh, Clattenburg involved? He is. He's an ambassador. I think he's even refed a few games, so you right. never know. You might turn up and there's a fully French Premier League referee there. Fre- he's not French. He's not French, Attenberg. 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 No, he's not French, but... Uh, <laughs> so, do you know, if you're wanting to get involved, at what, how, do you, how do you join? Oh, all you got to do, you ready? Pen and paper, out there ready. www.leisureleagues.net. Get your discount code in under the Kosh podcast. What's the discount? Could, well, you might just get a couple of games free. Oof. You? As you're easing your way into it. Yeah, you go in, you, you put your, post- your toe in, you get it for free. Yeah, you uh, just put your postcode in on the website. It tells you where the leagues are closest by. And... Uh, Get the lads together, off you pop. I think it's a great idea. So, if you're going to join Leisure Leagues, all you've got to do is go to www.leisureleagues.net and put in the promotion code under the Kosh podcast and you're going to get some discount off joining that league. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, the, the, we've talked about the injury, but tell us the build-up. You'd already made your debut. I made my For- debut um, in the February of that year at West Ham. Um, and then I'd, I'd gone back and I'd played a couple of games in the reserves and then it was FA Cup semi-final weekend or approaching to uh, and and he said to me that Giggsy was struggling um, with his hamstrings, he wasn't too sure and he wasn't going to prop take a risk with him and he wanted me, he, he said that you, you, you're 95% certain you're going to play in the semi-final against Oldham at Wembley. At Wembley, this was on the Sunday um, and this was the beginning, the semi-final was on the Sunday and this was the beginning of the week on the Monday and I was already preparing to play a game, this game that I eventually did play in against Blackburn on the Wednesday night um, and I said to him, "What do you want me to play? And he said, when was your last game? And it was, wasn't until sort of 10 days before because um, the reserves hadn't had a game the previous week and he said, no, he said it would be a good idea for you to, to you know, go and get something into your legs and, and, you know, go and do an hour on uh, on Wednesday night at, at Gig Lane against Blackburn. So I thought, right, okay, I'm not, you know, it, it didn't have any impact with me. I just said, yeah, right, okay, that's, it seems like... I think he, he said to me that Wembley, should I play, is a is a really sapping pitch. And he said, for anybody, big, for anybody who's, not, who's, not, um, who's not played any games for a couple of weeks, you, you know, you really will feel it. So I want you to go out and, you know, get some distance into your legs in the time that you that I feel as though you should stay on for. So anyway, I, I went out and everything was going great. I, I was having a good game. I think I'd scored one, I'd set another one up at least. Uh, we were cruising and I was enjoying myself. Ferguson in the stands he watching. He was in the stands watching, yeah. 
and uh, and he sent a message down to Jim Wrighton, our reserve team manager, who then shouted on and asked me how I was. And I just said, yeah, I'm fine. And he said, do you want to come off? And I said, no. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so that was it. I've, not, I've never given that response. Do you want to come off in a reserve game? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we thought we've only played 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a yes. It's a yes from me. <laughs> was it was it in the back of your head that you've got the final Sunday? No. no. Once you're on the no apprehension no, about nothing just... at all. And I didn't even I didn't even see past the end of that game that I was playing in, never mind what you know, what might have transpired on the Sunday. Uh, I was just an eighteen year old kid who was enjoying giving this lad who was like, you know, ten years my senior yeah, older, the runaround Nicky Marker was twenty nine at the time and I was only eighteen and, and I, I I, I had no reason to to want to think about what could you know mm. what could be you know it turned out to be like ten minutes later. It's, that was literally all it was. It was ten minutes later when it happened. So, so what, was, what, what happened? Like, I, it was just a horrific it, tackle. Yeah, it was a bad tackle. Um, and he just got think. Do you think he had enough for an eighteen-year-old tournament? He had enough. Off? He'd had enough, and he followed. It's malicious, me. isn't it? As a full, but I mean, if you if you if you did ever see the tackle, if he followed me when I picked the ball, up, he followed me into or came towards me when I picked the ball up in the centre circle, and he's playing right back. Um, and as I approached him, and he came running towards me, the gap that he'd left in the fullback area, Clayton Blackmore had come airing up the outside from fullback, and I just put the ball into the space. And as I as I played the ball and then replanted my leg. He then hit me and he tackled me with his left foot. I mean, any defender will tell you that it's very, very difficult mm. to tackle with your weaker foot. Mm. And very, very few defenders can actually do it. And he just saw an opportunity and he took it. And he tackled me just below me, me right knee. Uh, what, and that was was the, was that. what was the... Diagnosis. Yeah, what was the... I know what were the straight, well, we'll go back, we'll just slow, slow down, Chris. Slow down. So do you know when he's hit you? Yeah. Did you think to yourself, "Fuck me, that's yes, a bad one." Straight away. Because sometimes you don't, you, you get one and you think, "Well, that was sore," and then you stand up and you think, "Oh, fucking, that's sore than what I thought." Straight away, you knew. And yeah, that's I a bad one. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't stand up. I, I, my, my impetus was taking me forward, and he shoved my leg. So part of my leg was still going forward, and the bit just below my knee went backwards. Hence, you know, I knew. And when I when I landed on my back, I, I, I couldn't even. I couldn't put my leg down. I, I just sort of held it in midair because I knew there was a problem. Gary Walsh, who was in our, who was in our goal at the time, um, he, he, he heard the, the, well, basically the cruciate snap because mm-hmm. there was no damage to my shin pad. Jesus. So that's uh, and people in the stands heard it. Well, Chris Casper was in the stands as well. Uh, he was injured, otherwise he would have been playing in the game, and and he, he heard it. And straight away, my mum and dad, who were sitting a few rows in front of the manager, he, he shouted my dad and he grabbed him and hauled, hauled him downstairs to to uh, to the changing room area because he knew that there was a, a big problem. Was, was Ferguson, am I right, in saying he was straight away, we were taking action about this? Yes. Like civil action? Yeah. He was adamant that he didn't feel as though, um, having seen the tackle and the fact that we were... Uh, MUTV wasn't up and running then, but they were they were trialing, videoing reserve yeah. games, and that's obviously where the video came from because we had video evidence as well. And he was adamant that they they weren't to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. As a club or as a club, as a club. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they sued Blackburn Rovers. 
Um, and obviously at this stage we didn't know what the outcome was going to be but it was a bad injury and a bad tackle and um, and they knew that there was something that needed to be done about that because it, it, it was um, I, I haven't got any malice towards the guy who did it I've no malice towards him whatsoever that that bit of me that you know was festering for a while has, has, has left me have you but seen him since? I, I, I saw him once a couple of years later when we, we played again another reserve game at Old Trafford uh, but he he played centre half this time, and we didn't, we never came into contact. But that's the only time that I'd, I've ever seen or heard of him, heard of him since. since. And you obviously won the the, the court battle. The court yeah, we thing. we I didn't want to drag it out. I mean, it'd been going on a long time, and I mean a real long time. Uh, and it was I mean that the tackle happened in '94, and it was done when Steve Bruce was my manager at Uddersfield in '99. So it was nearly five Jesus. years. Jesus. It had gone on for a long, long time. Where was your head at during the rehab? You know, did, did you did you think I'm going to get back? Did you still think I'm going to get back and be as better if, it, well, sorry, as good or if not as better than than I was before? Did you still think I can I can do it? The, the determination was there, but I think it quickly became apparent when I was when I started playing again that there was something missing. Yeah. I imagine you've always got that confidence in your first real bad injury. I'd look, you'd like to see anybody experience that straight away. Oh, I'll forget, come back. Forget, I'm fine. As well, I'm a, forget as well, this is 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So rehab and operations and, and all that is totally different level now to what it were back then. We're talking rehabbing 25 years mm. ago when people knew what they were doing, I expect, but not to the extent that they do now. We are, if it happened tomorrow and you're in the same situation, you might come back a and lot, get a lot closer to where you, where you actually were. A lot were. sooner, yeah, a lot sooner. Our medical science is evolving all the time, <laughs> so you, exactly what you said, John, 25 years ago. I mean, you think 25 years ago, it was when Niall Quinn had just done his, Alan Shearer had just done his, uh, and obviously the, the one that everybody remembers was, was Gaza when he mm. did it in the semi-final against, against Notts Forest. Um, and, you know, other than that, you didn't really hear of a lot no. of cruciate knee ligament injuries. They were... Not a lot of the, the more high-profile ones. So it just goes to show that an injury like that happening at that time. I mean, Shearer and I suppose now Quinn as well were were, were examples of players that did come back mm. better. Um, but I didn't. Mm. <laughs> just one of them things. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was a player that, that uh, I mean, neither of those two uh, that we just mentioned, as, as tremendous a striker as Shearer was, he wasn't renowned for being lightning quick and certainly now Quinn we all know wasn't mm. uh, but my game at, at, at the one that I'd adapted to was 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 with pace I had two decent feet and I was quick um, and when that gets taken away from you it's uh, it has a, a tremendous impact on on what you're able to do and when you think that playing at the elite level the margins are so fine I mean don't get me wrong I wasn't a cart horse after I'd finished after I'd finished me, me rehab and I got back playing but the half yard in the Premier which, League exactly and that's what you need when you're at the yeah. top like that is to have that that half yard that you, you lose a little bit of anything that made you what a really really good player if you lose a little bit of that then you don't have the same impact how long were you out oh, I played my first game again in the November but I was nowhere near I would probably say that it was um, it was getting myself back in the 95-96 season when I went on loan to Stockport and then I went on loan to Huddersfield and that was when I really started to, to feel as though, do you know what, I'm, I'm probably not as, 
not quite as affected as, as I once thought I, I, I was when, when I first came back um, in the, the end of the, the year that I did it in 94. So I went right the way through that. Wasn't and a, a decent pre-season in the in, in the ninety five ninety six season, and that's when Sir Alex said to me, you know, it might be beneficial if you if you go on loan. It's you know, Bex had been, Keith Gillespie had been, uh, Chris Casper had been, and a few of them that had been out on loan and really benefited from it. So I did exactly the same thing, and uh, I came back from Stockport, and um, and he said, I I think you you know you can you can go a little bit higher. Huddersfield Town are interested and Brian Orton was the manager at Huddersfield at the time and I had uh, I finished off from January to the end of the season with him playing in the you know what was the championship back then um, and that got me recognition and I played for England under 21s in that summer in the uh, in the Toulon tournament and Bex played in that so we played together in that which was brilliant and and that's when I thought to myself yeah I, I, I'm getting back to to whether I reach it or not and obviously I didn't but I thought this is has given me a major boost and I wanted to sign for Huddersfield at that time but the manager um, I probably let my heart rule my head and I stayed for another two seasons when really I could have been playing league football you know two years before I did mm. yeah. it was at the time when believe it or not when England was, was struggling for a left-sided play and they kept sticking Scolzi out there and Scolzi actually refers to it in the book um, and I, I did an interview and I can't remember who the, the interview was with at the Malmaison in, in Manchester because my start to my Huddersfield town career permanently in 1998 had gone really well and it sort of commanded a little bit of attention from, from the press that even though I'd left Man United I was a left-sided player things were going well would it be that unrealistic to think that a championship player even though they're at the top of the league could get himself into the England squad um, and <laughs> the moment that I did the interview about it and then there was a, perhaps a possibility that I could have got myself back into the England squad I broke my foot I broke my foot in the October or the November of that year uh, and I was out for three or four months and never came back until the sort of late February so it, I Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I didn't really hold out much hope anyway, but it was it was actually quite nice from the position that I, I found yeah. myself yeah, in, yeah, yeah. you know, a couple of yeah, years before, yeah. to actually being talked about perhaps because they're short of left-sided players to to get you know a potential call up for for the national team in yeah. uh, in 1998 after the World Cup. So, but I mean, that, that never came to fruition, and who knows? Even without the injury, it might not have happened. But I, I, another injury again couldn't have come at a worse time. Mm. I, I yeah. played at Birmingham, and uh, and Darren Purse of all people broke my foot. Just got <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Just timing, timing. And yes, course, it's, it's everything. Uh, it's absolutely everything. Yeah. Some people can go the whole careers without getting any injuries or any knocks or whatever. And any long term as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You know, yeah. it's just. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but listen, 
I'm still, it won't be with you guys here. Like, yeah. <laughs> You'd have fucked us off, wouldn't yeah. you? Nah, fuck off. <laughs> Under fucking what? Nah. <laughs> be buying his own club in MLS. <laughs> yeah. Sat on a beach in Malibu. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, did you um, play with Adrian Doherty much? I've just no. got his book, and that's a, yeah. that's a story. Yeah, that is a story. Uh, and again, a, a, you know, when you look at what happened with me, I mean, I'm I'm still here. Yeah. Um, it, what happened with with Adrian was was tragic, and you know, literally tragic, because he was again. I mean, he was a tremendous asset. He a tremendous like player. Am I right in saying that he just he wasn't interested? But he, he had this talent. He never. He was. He was talented, and he, he never. You you would never engage him in conversation about football because he was just clueless isn't the right word obviously what he, he was uninterested he, he was disinterested yeah yeah, yeah completely he just, what he was his interest was music yeah he loved music well, right saying he used to go he used to go busking busking in in after training, yeah, he'd bring he'd his guitar busking. in and he'd go busking in the city centre. Just for the, just for the enjoyment, not that for the... That was his passion. That was his passion, was music, absolutely. So if he, if he got 50 pence or a tenner, he weren't bothered. He just wanted to go and... He just, that's what he wanted to do. He just loved music, people. yeah, with his guitar. <laughs> and uh, and it just so happened that he was a, he was a brilliant footballer. Uh, and I didn't see him that often. He was a couple of years older than me. Right. And, I, and I mean, I'd heard a lot about him, but by the time we'd all got there, he was injured... Right. He'd already had the injury, um, which again was very, very similar to mine. Uh, but I, I'm not really too sure what, as much as the club did, how how they managed to get through to him because anybody that ever knew Adrian, he he was he he was away in his own world. I think is the best way to to describe him. Um, and as as lovely a lad as he was, and he was a lovely guy. There wasn't a, an ounce of of malice in him. Um, he just you, you never knew whether whatever you were saying to him, he had such a vacant expression yeah. always on his face that you never knew that he, it, it had sunk in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, things obviously went from from bad to worse with him, and uh, and he ended up taking his own life, which mm. is you know something need to to end it all. And it was a really really sad story from again somebody who who looked as though he had the the world at his feet and and would would go on and be a tremendous player. And again, it's 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 just timing and so it, bad it, He'd have rather have been an average musician than an incredible footballer. I, do you know what? I'd probably if you were to ever ask him that question or ever got the chance to ask him that question, I I wouldn't hesitate to say that he would probably say yeah. I'd 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 just. My music is is what I really yeah. love. It's mad that you can't get your head around that, can you? No, I can. No, I think if that's his passion. No, but I mean, you can't get your head around a footballer being so disinterested in football. I don't know. You you don't seem to like it. <laughs> <laughs> easy target. Easy, easy target. But I, I, I'm sure you you'd say. I've come across players who are who are like coming to training and they just think, right, I'm coming, do me work and get off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenneth. David Batty famously, I think he's the only player who, who doesn't go back for the reunions for the Blackburn winning squad. He's just Not said he hated football and just good at it. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. So the, I think it might be Nick Rathbone saying, so he took his tie <laughs> off on a Saturday, two o'clock. That's when he used to switch on and what have you. His head was on the game. As soon as he put his tie back on, forget about that. Yeah. And yeah, just, that's sometimes a plus. Though. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. like, if if I've 
if I've got beat at quarter past five, I've forgot about it. Same as if if I've we've won and I've scored two, quarter past five, I forgot about it. And that can be a good thing, I think, because I've known players who go home and f- don't sleep on a Saturday night right. and yeah, 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 and are, like thinking, oh fucking, I've, I've had a I've had a nightmare mm. and ruins all your whole weekend. I think that's just people in general, isn't it? No matter what industry you're in. Some people go home, do a job, and they're happy just getting the wage at the end of the week and spend, go out at weekend and spend the money. Some people completely immerse yeah, themselves in the work. That. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very true. Not getting away with it this week. Oh, no. You know what time it is. It's time for another message from The Economist. Oh, yes, because as you well know, I've told you many times that The Economist is the smart guide to the forces impacting your world. As you well know, you know, The Economist is about far more than just economics and finance. It covers a wide range of subjects from world politics, business, science, technology, arts, entertainment, and of course, sport. I read a cracking couple of articles this afternoon, obviously, log fire, pot of green tea, slippers on, reading about the decline of South American football. Did you know the next World Cup, 2022, will mark the 20th anniversary since the South American team last took the trophy home? Eh? How about that? Never mind, Diego, the old mucker. Bless him. So all you need to do to get your free copy of The Economist, as always, is text the word UNDER without the E, just like the title, U-N-D-R, to 78070. I mean, you don't need me telling you, I tell you every week. But if you need more clarification, well, The Economist is the smart guide to the forces changing your world. So if you never stop asking questions... Get your free copy now by texting under UNDR to 78070. Seen him give any bollocks, Ferguson? Saw him give one to Nicky Butt in the when Monaco knocked us out of the Champions League in '97. Was it because he was playing shit or was there something else? He had given the ball away and then there was like so much went on before. Trezeguet picked up the ball and smashed it in the roof of the net. And it was early doors as well, so there was plenty of time for us to come back from it. And he just went, at half-time, he went absolutely mental at him. That's the only one that I've ever seen. I know there's been a, a lot more, but I just it stuck in my mind because I was actually sitting next to Buddy mm. at the time. I was on the bench and obviously he was playing. Was we there did. a fear? No, there was no fear. I mean, because everybody... I mean, even Keeney gave the ball away, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Would Keeney get a ball for giving... He, he, Everybody. Would, he would be the he would be the first to hold his hands up and apologise for giving the ball right. away. But nobody really had a pop at him because it was rare. It was rare that he gave the ball mm. away, and he was such a tremendous player and such a a great sort of driving force that you know if if he did give the ball away occasionally, then you know you just let him get on with it. It's not the aftermath is not worth just having a pop at him saying Roy what you're playing at sort of thing. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. No, it's not worth it. And like I said it happened rarely anyway. Do you know do you know the bollocking? I mean obviously you mentioned Brian Orton and I I played for Brian. At, oh he at, gave me I've got one for you Isabel. Uh, and he just used to stare at you. That's you it. fucking the stare. Yeah. You'll have to mark to believe that you but then he you 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 fucking <laughs> Right, and then it go on to someone else, and you, you fucking <laughs> what? Nothing constructive, Not just really, abuse. No, no. no right, then, all you know then, is that you're. <laughs> yeah, and then he'd have, he'd have a minute on him, and then if he caught your eye again, you fucking cut. and he'd come back at you. It'd be a t- three or four times in a in an halftime bollocking like, 
So what were Fergie's? What he actually? Was it constructive? Or, yeah. Yeah. No. He, he he would. I mean, you knew why he was having a go at you, but a little bit like Brian Orton, who I've had a bollocking from as well. Uh, when I was on when I was on loan up at Sunderland the first time. Sorry, up at Huddersfield. We played up at Sunderland, and um, and I mean we weren't. We'd sort of fallen away a little bit, but Sunderland were doing really well. And it was just at the time that Bridgie was emerging, Michael Bridges. And we were 1-1 at half time. We were playing really well. And I'd been kicked a buggery off this, I think he was Polish, Darius Kibicki. You know him, mm. right? So he, he, <laughs> Great knowledge. <laughs> he, he kicked me to buggery, honestly. And, um, and I was getting no protection whatsoever and the referee at the time who went on to referee in the Premier League was Neil Barry mm. uh, he was a little Hitler as well he was uh, anyway I, uh, I'd i already been booked for, for overreacting to uh, being kicked for the umpteen time anyway just before the half time whistle went um, I'd skipped past Kibiki and he fucking shoved me right up in the air and, uh, and the ball had ricocheted off somebody and the ball had gone in the air as well and it would ju- I just happened to get to my feet when the ball landed in my hands and he blew the half-time whistle and out of nowhere just just missed the red came over me <laughs> and as he held his arms out for me to throw the ball to him I just fucking launched it straight in his face <laughs> the ref. straight in the ref face <laughs> I was Can't. that in, I was that incensed. He couldn't get it out quick enough. Red, bang, that was me. So we come back. We went back down into the tunnel. I thought, oh no, what have I done? And we were one-one. We're doing really well. And um, and he just said, he said to me, Brian, Hart, and he went, "What are you playing at?" He said, "You're a fucking idiot." And you got it, it and idiot. It stopped, and it stopped there. But don't forget, I was only on loan, so he didn't go to town yeah. on me. Well, not as I thought. Anyway, we went back out. And obviously, I'm sitting in the changing room, mulling over well, what's going to happen now because Sunderland were doing well. We went two one up. Marcus Stewart scored. We went two one up, and I thought, brilliant. So I made my way up into the stands. <laughs> the lad, the They're going to get me out of it. They're going to get me out of it. And I'm looking at my watch, and with about eight minutes to go, they brought Michael Bridges on. He scored twice. I remember it. <laughs> He scored twice in the last 10 minutes of, of coming on. And I think it was, it must have been either his debut or it, it wasn't long after. He was only 18, 17, 18. And, uh, and he scored twice. And we got back down to the dressing rooms. And a little bit like you, he, he went round and it, at the end of it all, and he just went, anyway, he said, forget what I've just said to you. And I'm sitting in the corner like that. And he went, you can blame that fucking knobhead over there. <laughs> And that's what he did. He said, every single one of you, look at that dickhead sitting in the corner. It's his fucking fault. Public humiliation. And that, and, and that was it. And, and, you know, because, and I'm trying to endear myself to these lads, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm here on loan and they probably think, oh, here he is. You know, Billy Big Bollocks coming from Man United. And, uh, and I went and got myself sent off. And I, and I watched it again and I just thought, Ben, what on earth are you doing? He just got he, his he had, piercing eyes, oh, anyway. He did. And he oh. just, yeah. And, uh, and at the end of the season, we were playing... Portsmouth and and we played against Portsmouth they've got proper good travelling support yeah. Portsmouth and we were playing against them and they had to beat us to step we, we were yeah, it was a nothing game for us we couldn't do anything we weren't going to go down and we weren't in the playoffs or anything like that but they needed to win to stay in the division and uh, <laughs> and uh, and for the second time that 
sort of red mist. I put it down to Sunderland, but it had made its way through Scotch Corner and ended up, <laughs> and ended up in Yorkshire. And it, and, it, and, it hit, and it hit me again. And this time, I just swung for the nearest person. Not my fist, but my butt. I just turned out and I booted the nearest person. It was Fitzroy Simpson. And the referee saw it straight away. Red card, bang, <laughs> straight down the tunnel. And that was when I got the glare. And it was the it was the Christmas the Christmas it was the end of season due straight after oh, the night. game. There was no uh, there was no afterwards with it. But he turned to my missus and he says, "Can you get a grip of him?" He said, "The lad's a really good player, but he's a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> he said, and I, "And I tell you what, I got a and even and that was one of the times that I did get a bollocking from the manager. Not the first time, but the second time from Sir Alex Ferguson when I'd." Um, when I got sent again. off again, yeah. yeah, he went absolutely nuts. Yeah, did he ring you up? No, he he brought me in. He brought me in in the close season. God, <laughs> so did you get a phone call saying, Ben, I want you to come and see me? Um, see me Brian, Brian Kidd said the manager wants you to go in and see him. Did you know that? He, he said he, he said he wants to know how you felt your loan spell had gone. But he said, I think we both know that your second sending off has not gone down too well. And I fucking knew it. I knew it. Well, fortunately, it started off with a bollocking and then it and I, and I managed to produce this letter as well to say that I'd been called up for the the under twenty one, so I was all right. Just soften him up a little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. But he didn't he still fined me two weeks' wages. On both occasions. Oh Jesus. On both occasions. Did you, um you have any nights out with Stewie? Marcus Stewart. I had a few, yeah. He once, um, I don't know if I've spoken about it before, he once went to Magaluf for a month during the off off season. A month? He just kept extending his stay. He, he came back, his skin was like leather. <laughs> but the man, he's 32 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he just, and then I mean, he had to be fair him, he, 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 I don't think he drinks anymore. I think he, I don't know if he was fighting it back then or what, and he's into his biking and stuff now, but at the time, he was he was out quite a bit. And yeah, he came back and he, Still fit as a fiddle. I don't know if you remember how fit he was, but oh yeah, and I, there was nothing could, to him, was nah. there, Stewie? He was, he was eight stone wet through. There was nothing to him. He I, was a Bristol Rovers assistant manager, but I don't know if he's if he left with Daryl uh, Clark. Yeah, it was a choice what, between that and an eighteen thirties rep. You <laughs> <laughs> couldn't quite decide. Yeah, it's been and gone. It's gone there. Eighteen. Oh, yeah, he he's still trying to get on. No, it's, been, it's, it's they don't they don't do it anymore. No, they don't do it anymore. Fucking do they? killed us. No. You can get on if you have a 30, believe you or me. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Stewie was good fun, though. Yeah, he was brilliant. She used to do, he used to do a thing in the dressing room, talking about, and he, he, he used to sit there, right, and, and he'd sort of sit there with nothing on, and, he, and he'd pretend to wrap a piece of string around his knob. <laughs> if you ever see him getting to do it, it was funny as fuck. It was re- it was really funny, and he, he he used to love it. And he used to he used to get people coming through. Watch this. He used to get them coming into training. Watch this, and he used to wrap this pretend piece of string. It was funny. He used to have us in stitches with it. He didn't care. Like a thunderbird. Yeah, he was funny. He was a good lad. He was great value, Stewie. I liked him. <clears throat> Aberdeen then after mm. Huddersfield. I loved my time at Aberdeen. Yeah. I mean, I I met a girl up there who is me my son's mum, who were not together anymore. But I mean, things like that would you know for me would never have never you know, have would never have come about. I made some really good friends. I mean, do you know David Priest? Yeah. Priest, yeah. <laughs> so Priest's Priestie was my goalkeeper up there, and uh, and we had a night out. <laughs> we had a night out up there once. It was just me and him, 
um, more than one occasion. But on this particular occasion, he just got himself back into the team. So Jim Layton was the was the goalkeeping coach, and the, it was always between Preece and a lad called Ryan Essen, who went on and played quite a lot of games for Inverness Cali afterwards. Anyway, Ryan got injured, and Preece was back into the team, and it was a bit like tit for tat, whoever was going to be in. Uh, and it was his turn, and he'd had four or five games, and we were doing really well at the time. And we thought we we had a night out, and it was just me and him at the end, and we were absolutely mortal. And we were on this, and I can't remember the name of this road, but it, it's it's like their equivalent of St John Street in Manchester or Harley Street in London. These buildings in Aberdeen are like all granite, and they're the massive, big, huge, lovely buildings, and they've all got their signs outside with the name of whatever business is in there in marble on a on like a slab. So anyway, we were messing about and uh, and Preece pulled one of these marble slabs onto his foot and broke his foot. He just got <laughs> just got back in the team. And we had to phone the physio the next day who also happened to be somebody that came out with us quite a lot. Um and just say uh, and say listen, um we've <laughs> We were at, we were at Priest's last night and we were moving some furniture and he just went, Fuck off. He went Are you having a laugh? And he said, I'll, he said, come in tomorrow morning, but only if you're prepared to tell me the truth about what happened. And to this day, well not now obviously, but to this day there's only me, Priest, and John Sharp, who was the physio at the time, who who knew what had happened. And he was absolutely gutted, Priest. He was gutted. It was nobody's fault but his own. Yeah. Nobody's fault but his own. But again, <laughs> another tremendous lad who got a lot of time for. Did you do well up there? First season, brilliant. We, um, I, I was in a team. I was scoring goals. Um, we qualified for the UEFA Cup after in our first season. And then in the second season, for whatever reason, things changed and he would, on, he would only play me in the home games. He wouldn't play me in away games. And it, it, it just got to the stage where I thought, I, I, I can't keep doing this. And Aberdeen is a small place. And you very, very quickly get attracted and attached to going out. A reputation. <laughs> and you have to be so careful because it is a village, even mm. though it's a city. It's a, it's a village. And I was out. I was on my own up there. Um, I was out all the time. And if I wasn't out, I was having, but there were people around. I was having parties. And it was... Yeah, it very quickly descended into just a bit of a piss bl- up, a bit of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a why? Why blur. was that? Do you think? Did you do it at Huddersfield and no. the other club? I changed? did do that at Huddersfield. I think it was probably because segregation. I, I was on my own. Mm. Yeah, I was on my own, and I didn't have, I didn't have like you know my mum and dad, or I didn't have any of my, my close mates sort of you know saying hey you know you need to really keep an eye on what you do exactly. Exactly, and you're stuck on your own, and, and there's always somebody, even if it's not one of your teammates, there's always somebody who's like, you know, do you, fanci- you fancy a few beers? <laughs> and when you go out, I, I mean, I, I'm all or nothing, so I'm not one of these who say, yeah, I'll come out, I'll have a couple and I'll go home. I either bo- won't bother or I'll be there until they're ringing the bell or the, fucking, <laughs> or the cleaners come in with the Uber type thing. <laughs> and that's what I was like when I was up there, and, and yeah, it quickly descended into a bit of a farce, really. Ever Thursday, Fridays? Before the game on the Saturday? Um, I don't recall ever doing it. I don't recall ever doing it on a Friday. I definitely did it on a Wednesday on more than one occasion. I'm 
I might have done it on a Thursday, but again, you had to be so, so careful mm. because uh, I remember, uh, and Priestley was involved again, it was just before Christmas, and we'd, we'd been out, uh, the goalkeeper was having a bit of a meal with the missus and what have you, and me and, and, and I can't remember who the other lad was, anyway, it, it might have been Robbie Winters or somebody like that, and we'd gone out. Uh, and we met up with the goalkeepers and we ended up, and we were playing Celtic on the Saturday and this was a Wednesday night and the manager had already said I don't want anybody going out uh, and he allowed the goalkeepers to have a little because he was only going out for a meal and they were taking the misses with him but uh, some of us had a bit of a breakaway, Precy included and uh, and we ended up, God knows what time in the morning, coming into training the next day trying to mask it. Um, and Pl Precy playing at this point. Precy was playing, playing, yeah. Well? I'm playing as well. We're all playing. <laughs> yeah, we're all in a team, yeah. and we're playing Celtic as well. <laughs> so it, 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 you're going to get beat anyway, weren't you? <laughs> you know what I mean, back then you're going to get beat. So um, we're just about to go out to training, and uh, and we got a we got a message from uh, one of one of the managers. He the laddie he sort of sort of ran around and like a bit of a dog's, dog's body, body type thing, yeah. And he said, the manager wants to see you. So we went in and there was me, pre I think it was Robbie Winters, there was three of us. We went in and we said, um, where were you on, where were you last night? <laughs> where were you last night? And pre said, like, Mr, I'll look after myself. Well, I was out with the goalkeepers and my missus. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I said, well, me and Robbie were, you know, a bit of a loose end. So we just went and met him. Oh, well, we've got, um, we've had reports of a, an email here saying that you were out until um, such and such a time dancing on dancing on tables <laughs> in some bar or another. Well, I said it couldn't have been us. There's no chance. <laughs> well, we've got this email here, and he, he said time will tell. He didn't say you know I'm going to go checking CCTV or anything. He said I just want you to be honest with me. Was it you? We, we both just went no, it wasn't us. <laughs> we did go out, but you know we we were home at a reasonable time. We just went and met Jim and, and Priestley and the goalkeepers and what have you. Right, okay then. So we're all in the team on the Saturday. Anyway, we beat Celtic two nil. The only time in my two years that I ever got a result against the old firm home or away, and we beat Celtic two nil. And. Uh, and the same guy who had wrote this email, and by the way, the email was like ranting and raving about, you know, we're, you know, full on Aberdeen fans. Aberdeen and fan, and yeah. we're seeing, you know, we're seeing these players going out and, you know, drinking when we've got one of our biggest games of the season at the weekend. The same guy on the Monday morning sent an email in saying, listen, tell them they can go out whenever they want. Always forgiven. No complaints from me, get the lads out. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable, honestly. But that's how small a place Aberdeen was that you, 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 you needed to be very, very careful, mm. both who you were with and especially where you were. You enjoyed your time in Aberdeen. Loved it. Probably a bit too much. <laughs> it sounds as though yeah. it sounds like you enjoyed it. For a couple of months, when I first got up there and I bought my flat, I ended up moving a stripper in. <laughs> <laughs> and then realised that my mum and dad were coming up for Christmas and I needed to get rid of her. <laughs> And I didn't know how to do it. I just had to be horrible to her because she wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so she's going to start claiming squatters' rights. Oh my I'm in. God, I'm she... in. This is my house. I had two cars up there. She she took. She had. She ended up with one of me. Didn't take it. But in the time that she was living with me, she she used to go around in in, my, in one of my cars, <laughs> and it was getting far too like serious. 
and I just I, and I needed to say, listen, you know, I, I I need to call it a day. So was she was she going to your car in your car to work? Yes. <laughs> it, it'd cost you less in tips. Going yeah. in, <laughs> going and putting a fanny in people's faces and coming back to you. Yes. In your car. Yeah. But that's I, I, at first I, I I never thought anything of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I thought I can't have a and and I can't have a girlfriend who's a stripper. And I said <laughs> my mum would just have kittens. Do you know what I mean? If she was still there when they arrived at Christmas, and you know what? Do I you hope your old man would have been all right, wouldn't it? Christmas, sat having Christmas dinner and she's on the table like that, and he's putting a sprout in. When you come up, Dad, just fetch some five pound notes up with you. <laughs> I was definitely the source of uh, of of many a, a a good sort of dressing room there. Go out Saturday night, roll in at God knows what time, then it'd be somebody's turn to drive to work. We'd go for a walk down the seafront, have a bit of a rub, shower, and then we'd be straight in one of the seafront cafes if it was nice, have something to eat, breakfast, and then we'd be out all day. And in Aberdeen, things were open till 2, 3 in the morning, even on a Sunday night. It's a good session, And it that, was it? legendary. Mm. And uh, and then I wondered why I couldn't get myself in a team. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it. Fuck it, I'm having a good time. I did. I had a great time. And... and and there was some, uh, yeah, there was there was some great banter in that dressing room, and it was good. And I, I must admit, a lot of it was people listening to my exploits. At the <laughs> <week>. <laughs> Do you? Is that good time what you see as you enjoyed it? You don't have any look back. You don't look back and think, oh, maybe I should have tried a bit harder. Oh, you think you've no regrets, basically. I've no regrets whatsoever in in terms of I I have enjoyed meeting people all the way along the way um i just at that stage when i realized that once aberdeen was over then i'd have been 28 and i was thinking this is when really i should still be somewhere near my peak yeah and i was miles away and that was because and i do i do mention this in the book um i say no regrets that is a regret that i have got that on a like on a Saturday night, if I wanted to go and have a few beers, then nobody could argue about that. I played a game, go and you know, go and have a night out and what have you. But on the Sunday, why carry it on? Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. You're entitled to have a bit of a rest, but go and have a rest by you know they, they used to allow us to go and use a uh, like a, a health club ne- next to the where the ground was, and I very often went in there for a sauna and what have you. But that was just to sweat all the alcohol mm. out of me. It wasn't it wasn't for me to to get myself back on track to start you know perhaps even on the Monday, go and you know go and do a little bit by yourself in the gym sort yeah, of thing. Even have a swim, stretch, swim. Yeah, go and do that. But what I was doing on a Monday was what I should have been doing on a Sunday, and that's recovering from. Alcohol. Do you think what happened previously with the injury played a part in that? I think it probably did. Um, I think this was me going from a time when... It's a coping mechanism. I w- yes, exactly right. Exactly right. It's a coping mechanism. that you know I was on my own, and the fact that I never... There was a good chance that I, I might never play football again... Um, I I just thought that I was going to get, well, just kick the ass out of it, basically. Mm. But what I did was I I okay. sort of, instead of kicking the ass out of actually playing football, I sort of tried to kick the ass out of playing football and also enjoying myself. Yeah. And the two just don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them has to give way. And if you're abusing your body like I was with drinking far too much and being out partying all the time, 
then you, there's no way that you that however much you put into football you, you're going to get what you what, mm. what you should be getting out of it because you're destroying it do you think that once you went through that recovery that at that moment in time even going to Huddersfield you felt there was a chance that you could get back to your peak and from being held in such high regard mm. like we said you know quotes from Nobby Styles David Beckham etc being kept being held in that such high regard even at Huddersfield thinking that you could possibly reach a potential again it was when you got to Aberdeen that maybe you thought do you think it was at Aberdeen that you came to terms with it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Aberdeen, I came to terms with it. And maybe, like you've already mentioned the, the terminology there in, in a coping mechanism, maybe that was me saying, well, you know, this is me. So I'm just, I'm not this. I'm not going to go any further, but there's still a chance, as yeah. there was, that even if I left Aberdeen, somebody would still, you know, take me either in Scotland yeah, or back yeah. down in England again. So you had a bit of a, a fuck it. Yeah, but while, yeah, I, while I'm, I'm here, here, I'm gonna enjoy myself. I took it as a, I took yeah. it as a free hit, yeah. which is, which I've just explained to you was was wrong of me because I still had time on my side to be able to to get myself back playing at a decent level back down in England when my time at Aberdeen mm. was up. But I, I just, I didn't give it enough yeah. respect, if you like. You've had 10 years of frustration as well. I probably just then thought, just let it out. Yeah, and most probably. Go boozer and most do probably. what you wanted. Mm. Yeah. It's how people deal with it, isn't it, sometimes? And it, yeah, and it was wrong, completely wrong. Were you fighting it? Were you fighting the drink? Uh, was no. it wrong? No, 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 I wasn't, no, because um, I was very much a binge drinker. So I would go out on a Saturday night and I would do 72 hours, 72, yeah, I probably would. So certainly 36 anyway, I'd do 36 hours boozing. And then as I, when I sort of came, not came round, but when I'd shaken it all out of my system, I had my sauna on the Monday afternoon and got rid of everything. Then I was ready to put the work in again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I wouldn't be tempted. But then once I started to get myself well, once once I wasn't in the team anymore, then the temptation came mm. that well, you know, I, I I went out and I partied, but I left it alone for the rest of the week because I was working towards playing on a Saturday, which I was doing. But once he started to leave me out of the team, I, I had an even more of a fuck it moment when I just thought, well, I'm not even <laughs> working, I'm not even doing it. So what's mm. the point of me staying in? Mm. I can still go and I can still train, but instead I'm gonna rather than sitting in in the evening watching TV. I'm 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 gonna go out and have a few beers, and that just snowballed. Did you feel like you just give up in a way? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, which saddens me. Mm. Which saddens me when I when I realised the potential that I had as a kid, um, to seeing or to remembering back to, <laughs> to some of the the scrapes I got myself in and 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 the like, and and the the amount of time that I did spend, especially at Aberdeen boozing, then I I knew that I'd. I'd let myself down and, and perhaps let others down as well. It's, it's tough though, isn't it? It's tough when you, you... you Pretty much from when you, you got injured, that was pretty much a bonus, really. If You if, if, if you feel that? Oh, definitely. You're like, I, the fact yeah. that you had 10, 12 years, bon, they're bonus years because yeah, you could have been done. Yes, completely. Mm. So completely. you've enjoyed yourself and you thought, and even though you might say you regret it, you still had 10, 12 years longer than what a lot of people are. Yes. And, and, and you had a fucking good kick at ball, itself. And, that, <laughs> and that's probably my justification for it, is that, yeah, I, you know, it could have been over with when I was 18 mm. and I never would have got that chance. And yeah, I mean, you do, you, you sort of get to, you get the feeling that like, you know, things are going 
all right for me all of a sudden. And maybe at 18, you know, I could have been doing something completely different because my knee wouldn't have allowed me to carry on playing football. But, you know, we've all been there. You know what it's like. You, you know, you go out, you play football, things go well for you. And, you know, you get female attention and blah, blah, blah. I've never had, I've never had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a lot. <laughs> you, Chris? Nah. <laughs> I know fucking you. I've had loads. Oh, I'll tell you. Have you, uh, have you had your barn done, by the way? Yeah. I was, I was wondering why you were looking so well. Yeah, I had um, I had it done on the... Thir- what a fucking personal question. I've been that. thinking about it all day. <laughs> 30th, I thought there's someone not right there. Yeah, thir- 30th of November I had it done. Yeah, so, I've the contact details for know, yeah, give us a, yeah, I had it done. Any discounts? They just... Uh, <laughs> they just... They, one of the... Uh, my ex, an ex-teammate of mine, his missus started doing all the PR for this company. And um, and he just said, "Listen, we can we can get it done for you at, at a discounted rate." And it, again, it was nothing because it's a lot of money. And I thought, I you know, if I'm 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 just, I well, I wasn't far off the stage where I was just going to go. That's me, you know. Done. That's I can't. Good. I thought. Before <laughs> he was about to say, I wasn't no, far off no, the stage. No, 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 no. The hand came out. <laughs> <in your pocket. laughs> you, yeah, he's, he's good that, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'd, and I just thought, do you know what? And I said to me, and the first thing that people say is, oh, fuck, I didn't realise you were that vain. And, and I just thought, do you know what? I'm not at all. It's just that you get an opportunity like that and peop- and most people have just said, do you know what? You get an opportunity like that and yeah, take it. You, see, you you don't need it. I like uh, liposuction. You, the liposuction li- li- <laughs> as well. Get a discount you on You don't that, need it either. No. You don't need it. But yeah, I, I have had it done. So I'm waiting now to see. You're going to go for the curtains? I'll go see. No, the curtains won't go back to the curtains. back. Nah. Hey, listen, do you know what? If it ever gets to that stage, I will gladly do it, yeah. I will gladly do it. 45-year-old curtains, that'd be great, that, wouldn't it? I think uh, I'd definitely recommend the book to anybody to get out there. We'll put the... Uh Put the link in the description yeah, yeah, and the thing, you know, because you can get out and I get think, on it. I think there's a, there's a paperback version going to be out, you know, for you know people travelling and stuff like that. It's yeah. a lot easier, um, and there'll be a few uh, extra things added into that. Um, words from Sir Alex Ferguson because I couldn't get them at the time because just when we'd made the arrangement to do it, he he had his hospitalisation, right, yeah, so yeah. I couldn't do that. Um, and there's. There was one. There's one or two more bits in as well. Uh, oh, Eric Harrison's funeral. Right. Or, or yeah. a, a little bit more on Eric because obviously subsequently he couldn't do anything with the book because of his dementia. Mm. And and obviously yeah, na- yeah. before this comes out, obviously in between times he's yeah. he's passed away. Mm. So yeah, there'll be, there'll be a few extra little snippets in there. But yeah, yeah, definitely get on it. It's quite. But before because we, we asked uh, David May, best player out of that. 92. Scalzi. Same again. Yeah, yeah he, he was, he came from absolutely nowhere because he di- he never played when we won it in the in 92. Yeah. He never played and he went away and he, he even he says I had to have a look at myself um, and by God did he ever do that because without question. I mean, I was very, very fortunate to have played with some unbelievable players. Giggsy and what he's done. Um, I mean, Bex was a mate of mine, but a tremendous player. Gaz was the same, he just worked hard. Um, Brian Robson, hero. Eric Cantona. Do you know what I mean? The list is pretty much endless, but 
Scholesy for me, technically and mentally, the the best player I've I've ever played. Is that with. right? When Neville was playing, he used to look after the young lads as contract and stuff. Yes, yeah, not everybody, but it, Gaz always made himself available um, for players to go in and 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 see and see him if uh, yeah. if he if because he he knew that the manager wasn't keen on agents. Um, so just to, I bet that was that was great for the lads. It was great, but it was strange because. Because the manager, because Gaz would be fighting for the player, yeah. and obviously the manager is somebody well, so who's took completely it that separate. far that he'd be negotiating. Oh, nego- yes, he oh, would. Right, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, that. he would. Yeah. It's basically, if it, I thought he, you just meant a bit of advice. If no, you no, go no. And see he, a fellow player. If they asked him to do it, he would go and negotiate against the manager, if you like. Right. And get him the best deal that he possibly could. But he was so But he was so knowledgeable. He was so knowledgeable, and the manager had so much respect for him. That he he would he would rather have dealt with Gary, although he probably has gone on record at saying that he'd probably rather deal. Yeah. <laughs> Gas is a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> Give me an agent any time, but no, he, he knew that he had the lad's best interest at heart. Yeah. Rather than he, he knew that some agents have, had only got their own interests at heart. Mm. Plenty good enough. Well, Cheers, man. mate. Thanks yeah, for your thank time. You very much. Really appreciate so have I. It's been great. I just wish I'd have Tackle. been here for it all. Can we do it again next week? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and on, I won't be in the car. <laughs> I'm going to have a night out in the beehive. You get out red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you very if you much. Could, uh, if you could give us the number for that, that uh, job, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Okay. You're not a fucking miracle worker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You've lost cause, man. God, uh, God, audible seven. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Cheers, Christ. man. Yeah, thank no you very problem. much. Oh, Top man. Enjoyed that again. I, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, so did insight. I. So did I. I'm looking forward to to hearing what I missed. He got a bit of a boost from when I complimented his hair. I've his got, eye, I've got a card. I've got I, a business card. I, I, thought, I thought he was very rude. If I'm honest, rude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you what, you took me by surprise. <laughs> That's not rude. I mean, I'll be so, honest with you. I didn't. I mean, it was a good job. Whoever's done it. I mean, if you want to get in touch, um, just get on the DMs. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't realise. I didn't know, I didn't know that, but we're like, yeah, so I like tonight, I have need. Have you had your hair done? <laughs> Thing is, fucking from nowhere out of the blue. What got us out of trouble? I softened him up with a compliment. Oh, just after. Well. To be fair, it's a good job because I didn't know. No. I, I would I, say I, the way it was grown and that. I couldn't tell. What? And I'm sure he was he was going bald when he was playing. We can't, we, we can't sign off with fucking Ben Fawnley's Barnet, can we? <laughs> can we really, can we really do that? Oh no. We just spoke about some of the best players in the world and the main talking point is he's Barnett but no yeah, I enjoyed that yeah good good lad wasn't he mm. yeah as soon as he left I says what a fucking nice top top fella he is yeah yeah and I, I think I think I'd have liked to have had a night out with him Aberdeen see where he <laughs> see where he were at I think he fancied a night out as well didn't yeah, he yeah yeah he, he said he said we'll do it again but we'll uh, ditch the cars <laughs> and the cameras and the cameras yeah Random makes you, it makes me laugh how they just like the names roll off the tongue as if the, it's just your pals. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bex and Scalzi and Gaz, Giggsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are people who we've all fucking watched every Saturday night for yeah. 15 years, 20 years, whatever it were. And, he, and, and they're his mates. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Anyway, we'll move on. Right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, as always. Do Back to want... Monday. Back Maisha. to Mondays. Maisha, we'll, we'll be out anyway, won't we? But... All the usual. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. Review us on iTunes. And we'll see you next time. Yep. 
Take See care. you next week. Cheerio, Chuddle Pit. Hold on. See you later. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.